So here's the big question. What does it mean to actually be a pitmaster? I mean, we hear that term thrown around in the barbecue industry like crazy. But what does it actually mean? So on this podcast, we're going to take you on a journey to teach you what it means to actually be a pitmaster. We're going to talk about building pits. We're going to talk about cooking on pits. We're going to talk about cooking for the masses. We're going to talk about how to make money in the barbecue industry. Join us in this journey. Hey, everybody, this is Frank Cox. You're listening to the Barbecue Culture Podcast. I hope the audio's good here. I'm here at the house in my office. It's a bit echoey, uh, according to me. Anyway, I uh, figured you'd like to not hear the road noise this time like you did in the first two episodes. Hey, so I hope everybody's having a great day so far. Uh, you're probably just on your way to work or you might getting, be getting wound down for the night. You know, the goal of this podcast, like we said, is to uh, start you at the very, 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 I mean, the very beginning of what it means to be a pit master. And we're going to take our time and we're going to go through this episode by episode. What our goal is, is is to teach you by observing what our journey was. So like in the first pot, in the first episode, we talked about Smoker Builder a little bit and the old, uh, what we called Smoker Builder HQ. A lot of important stuff happened there. Um, that was a very amazing time uh, for us. And uh, it's still amazing, but we like to reflect back on what happened at HQ and, and the, the, how our culture was created. And what we're going to do here is the second episode, we talked about where I got my start personally in barbecue, like the very, very first fire I ever lit, you know, and, uh, of course from there it's, I've, I've built a lot of fires since there, but, uh, anyway, we're going to, uh, talk this week about, or this day, today's episode, I'm getting all goofed up. We're doing this daily. What we're going to try to do is do uh, 15 minute episodes or so, you know, we don't want to wear you out all in one setting, but, uh, what we're going to talk about today is uh, basically fuel, the different kinds of fuel you would use uh, in your smoker or grill for that matter, I suppose. But, you know, so most everybody is uh, either lit up a gas grill or lit up a, uh, you know, charcoal fire of some kind. But, you know, if we get back to eighth grade science or maybe that was even earlier, I don't know. It depends on what school you went to, I suppose. But if you get back to science, you know, when we learned about the fire triangle, there was three main ingredients. We had fuel, we had air or oxygen, and we had spark. And, uh, you know, if you read our little uh, description about Jim and how he, if you looked at the main uh, part of the, the description page on the podcast, You've seen that I made up my own way that, uh, you know, fire was invented and and where the barbecue culture got its start. And, uh, you know, consider for a moment that the the first fire when it was lit was probably a natural fire, honestly, and everybody was scared to death of it and worshipped it, you know, rightfully so, because the the fire is what created barbecue, (laughs) and that's important. But uh, anyway, not that I'm a fire worshiper, but that's kind of silly. Anyway, uh, so if you if you imagine for a moment where that guy was when the first fire got lit, 
And, uh, of course, he had to touch it and feel it was hot, and he probably, uh, you know, smelled around on it and tried to keep it going, see what would burn and what wouldn't burn. And pretty soon he probably started to eat off of it. You know, he probably cooked up the closest thing that didn't bite him, or maybe he did cook up something that did bite him. Who knows? But anyway... So he went in there and started to cooking and got to liking it. And he said, okay, well, we got to figure out a way to make this happen, you know, unnaturally. We got to make this ourselves." And so I'm sure that he goofed around with rocks and stuff and different things and, and uh, tried to see what would make it go. And first of all, he probably got a little bit of grass on fire, like we told in the story. And so as he went along, he... Uh, he was, he was burning this fire and, uh, probably threw something in it and liked how it tasted, you know, the way I see it. And so he, uh, he continued to try out new things. Well, as he started to develop taste buds for the food cooked on fire, you know, whether it was, he might even have started with some veggies, who knows, but as he started to develop a taste for it, I imagine that he started to notice that different trees tasted different ways, <laughs> different things tasted different ways, like grass or leaves or, you know, wood or whatever he got his hands on. And so as he went through that journey, he discovered that hickory had a specific flavor and pecan had a specific flavor. And all these different, you know, hardwoods had, had uh, pleasant odors and, and tastes and things. And so through that experience, he also learned that certain ones didn't taste good. Let's take, for example, like uh, walnut. Everybody, you know, has got walnut laying around probably, but it's not really a preferred flavored wood, I would say. And, you know, even some of them that you can buy like plum and grapevine and apricot and things like that, I don't particularly care for them myself. I think they, uh, they have too pungent of an odor. So what you would wind up doing is probably mixing those in. So if we go back, uh, you know, mix them with oak or something, something to cut them down. So if we go back to where I got my start cooking with wood, I remember that uh, somebody had a peach tree. You know, of course, I live on 10 acres and we got woods and, you know, we cut wood and all that. But everybody wants to try an exotic wood of some kind. And there was a friend of ours that gave us uh, some Bradford pear tree. And, uh, you know, I had it laying around for a while and I noticed that the older it got, the, uh, the drier it got and the more, uh, difficulty I had in controlling the, uh, the, the fire because the, the drier, the wood, the faster it burns and the, the hotter it gets, you know? So what we would suppose then is that we would want to take wood and we would want to cut, you know, fresh wood. We don't want to have a bunch of dead wood laying around that's wet and been rotting and things like that. What we would actually want to do is is find the you know the the kind of wood we like, cut it down when it's you know pretty close to green, split it up, and the way the reason we split the wood is because we want to let the moisture render out so we can get the right amount of. Uh, uh, of moisture in the wood so we get a more consistent burn so you'll hear you'll hear some of these uh companies that sell wood commercially they'll they'll say kiln dried and what they do is they actually uh have a moisture indicator that they use to to see and check 
what the moisture content is for several reasons. The biggest one is is because of uh, transportation and and you know insect control. But the other part of that is is so that you get a good quality consistent product. So we I touched a little bit on dead wood. We don't we don't want to have dead wood because as it as it sits there and rots, it sucks up moisture like a sponge, and uh, when it burns, it puts off a lot of white smoke. The white smoke is caused by two things. It's caused by incomplete combustion, and it's caused by moisture in the wood that actually boils off like steam, so uh, which gives it a white appearance. The bad kind of white smoke is when we're when we have incomplete combustion which means that you're not getting enough air to the wood or you've got contaminants in the wood and it, and it gives it a, a sooty, over-smoked taste on your food. So let's, uh, let's kind of back up here a little bit and recap all that technobabble I just went through. I learned early on that if I, if I had the right kind of wood and I had a satisfactory coal bed you know if i had if the the right coal you know charcoal is nothing more than wood that's been dried out and and uh until the point of becoming carbonized so it it, all the moisture and everything's rendered out of it so and it becomes black because it's near the point of combustion through the drying out process so if we if we go back and think about that you what where you get the most heat out of the fire is at the coal bed. You know, you roast hot dogs, you get down close to the coal bed, and you don't want to just be up at the top of the fire where the flames are because you just burn the outside and you don't cook the inside. So anyway, uh, we want to have a, a good bed of coals. We're talking about like in a stick burner here. And we want to add wood to that fire on a re- regular basis and we want to add good wood. We want to add seasoned wood, let's say four, four to six months, something like that. It's been sitting and drying naturally. And we want to put that wood on the bed of coals in such a fashion that we, we get the benefit of the thin blue smoke that leaves that fire, which is where all the flavor is at. And uh, we want to let that wood burn to a point where it begins to become charcoal in our coal bed. And then we're going to add more wood to the top of that fire. So we're establishing a rhythm. The perfect rhythm that I've found is between 30 and 45 minutes. So we're going to add a minimal amount of wood frequently. Because if we load that firebox up full of wood, we're not going to have enough air in the firebox for complete combustion. And we're going to wind up with that white smoke if we don't have enough air. So what we wind up doing is adding two splits, say, in a firebox that's, uh, you know, about 30 by 30 or so, 24 by 24 on a a larger stick burner. And we're going to add two splits of wood, about fist sized in there on that coal bed. And we're going to let them burn for a while. And uh, then we're going to literally set a timer if you're new to this. And you're going to go back out there in about 45 minutes. And the way with the way that we control temperature in our smoker, just going to go ahead and give you that little cheat little bit there. The way we control the temperature in our smoker is two ways. By the size of the fire and our air inlet slash smokestack setting. 
On our damper, it depends on if you're using a reverse flow or an offset. On a reverse flow, we would use the firebox air inlet, and on the on a traditional offset, we would use the uh, like the Oklahoma Joes and stuff like that that you get at at uh, the box stores. You'd wind up using the smokestack damper. Um, anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up right there and let you digest. You just drank from the fire hose a little bit, <laughs> and. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are. Um, we're going to try to keep a good balance. This one here was a bit more technical, but we're going to try to keep a good balance between, you know, a little bit of humor, some storytelling, and uh, and especially like some actual knowledge, some technical data. Um, we, we want you to enjoy our podcast. If you have any ideas, suggestions, recommendations, anything you specifically want us to talk about, we'll cover that along our journey. Make sure and... Uh, Give us a rating on the, whatever podcast platform you're listening to. If it's iTunes, give us the five stars there. And we'd really appreciate hearing some kind of, re- of a review from you. Let me know if I'm too boring or if uh, you enjoy what I'm saying. Anyway, if you disagree with me, hit me. I can always learn something new too. <laughs> In the meantime, please visit our forums at smokerbuilder.com forums. We'd like to see you join our community. And uh, all you got to do is register. There's a button there that says that. Create a fancy, funny, smart aleck uh, username. Join in the community. And then we just ask one more thing of you. We want you to talk way too much. We want you to just talk and talk and talk because we love hearing from you. So anyway, for, this, for today's podcast, that's it, fellas. Uh, we'll uh, talk to you tomorrow. Have a good evening.